The Terrible Warriors are made possible by listeners just like you who've decided to support us through Patreon at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. Listeners like Jennifer McMyler, Natalie Axelson, and Benjamin Axelson. Find out how you can become a supporter at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. And listen to the very end of this episode, or just read the show notes, to learn how you can enter in to win a free physical copy of the Simbroom Starter Set from Free League Games. And today, on The Terrible Warriors, we wrap up our incredible gaming session of Simbroom by inviting back to the table Simbroom's co-creator, Matthias Johnson Hawke. This conversation was recorded fresh off the heels of our August recording session, so while the players and myself knew how things went later in the campaign, Matthias himself had only listened to the first two episodes. But after all the fun we had had playing his game, we absolutely had to invite him to join us for our post-game debrief. This next hour will not be your typical interview with a game creator. We heap love on him, and we gush about the game, and we share our favorite story points, and Matthias opens up about the design choices and some of his favorite themes in the game and how Simbroom formed into what it has become. This is the final episode for now in our 12-part campaign of Simbaroom. If you haven't listened to the complete playlist, I highly suggest you go back into our feed, listen to all of those story episodes before this interview, because we are going to spill the beans all over your spoiler alert. This is the post-game debrief with Simbaroom co-creator Matthias Johnson-Hawke and our players Sean Horbachuk. Ainsley Moores, and Mitch Wallace. Enjoy. Matthias, for this conversation, I was like, you and I don't need to talk again on the podcast. We've done that. We've been through, we can send people the link. We have a good time. We've got a good report. What I really wanted to do is now that we've finished playing the game. I know you've only heard the first story episode uh, and only the, and the second one is out technically three if we count the prelude, the, the episode zero. Yeah. But of the actual story, there's, there's two that are out. Sean Ainsley and I, we have, uh, we've done, we've recorded everything. We finished in August. Um, <sighs> and by finished, we got as much <laughs> done as we possibly could before we went. <laughs> and I remember looking at the wrath of the, running through and kind of counting in my head like how long we do things and how long these read out i'm going like it is going to take at least seven more four-hour sessions mm. at mm. the pace we move at if no one detours <laughs> to go to the end so maybe uh we'll return when we do another block of recordings but for now what happened in our story is we got as far as descending into the sinkhole and uh, mm. which isn't very far in terms of answering anything, which is kind of but fun. You, you got to meet uh, Gadramon and Efrenea. They the heard bitches. her singing and then we went to credits. And so we didn't even meet her. We just heard her voice <sighs> going through the stone. We ran no, out. OK, that was the end. But that's dumb we below. did meet the witches I, inside, I mean, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The witches oh. that came on the aliens on the Colossi. They actually they went out and, 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 and had morning tea with them at the edge of the forest and asked them questions and had a nice conversation, which was really fun. And um, 
Uh, and and they also went knocking on the doors of the paladins uh, to uh, or the Templars to to say hi yeah. to them because they mm. all fought together. And of course, Yandrame being uh, a devout member of the church, like that's an in for them. Of course, they don't know why the brothers are being like, oh well, I mean, their brother is injured on the bed, but also you can't come in, you can't go, you got to go, you got to leave, and they think they're being followed. And they're acting kind of paranoid and they just shuffle them out of the hotel and send them back out into the street. And, but you know, uh, this will be a perfect cliffhanger for the, the listeners as well, because you don't want to spoil the first no, part. No, and so campaign. what I get to do so, now is when we go in, we'll perfect. end. The last lines will be those lyrics of the witch singing through the cave. Ah, oh, and yeah. then it's just going to end. And then I'll have an extra going. If you want to know what's going on here, mm. if you want to know the secrets, you want to know the answers, if you want to play this yourself, mm. Wrath of the Warden is available mm. here. And, uh, mm. <laughs> uh, and, and that'll be, that'll be the end of our, of our campaign to a bit. I mean, certainly I want to go back just because what we have is, uh, and I'll let the other two take over uh, because I want, I want them to have this conversation, but I want to fill you in so that you've got a bit of context for where they're coming mm. from. Of course, the woman that they meet who's going to offer them all their riches and any promises they want uh, in this case is, yeah, I can connect you with people who know where your mother is. Sure, they're, they're, yeah. they're well connected and all that. And I've been noodling in my head that there is a strong possibility that if Elindra's mother is still alive, she's probably off with the Iron Pact herself somewhere out there doing things uh what's happened to the father i do not know uh elindra has gone from being an innocent scared librarian bookworm to a badass monster hunter uh i had <laughs> a, some really lucky roles <laughs> and, and it's just just decimating those uh those clan beasts and uh and and the others uh, like sean and, and mitch are standing with her going like what has happened to sweet, innocent Elindra? And, and Elindra is willing to like go almost to any length if it means that there is a breadcrumb of information of what's happened to where her mother went. Because, but you uh, know, I just listened to episode, episode two and what Yandro May did to my beloved Mal Rogan <laughs> <laughs> actually made me feel a little bit sorry for him. Being so, blasted by the holy light of Prios, the poor oh, guy. Yeah. Uh, he um, that was quite a hit. Yeah, Mal's, yeah. Mal's still out there, so uh, he could. Uh, he's obviously not going to make an appearance when we're off in Thistlehold. But if we ever did return again, many chances. He's definitely not out dead. there with the burn marks to prove it, uh, waiting <laughs> to find a way to find that thirge that uh, showed him what for. Um, for for a group of people that were completely ill-equipped for combat. Um, which we spent all the, because then they got all the experience points before we start Wrath of the Warden. Yeah. And they were like, rough up our characters. We need to survive. But, <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't build the most, I don't know, combat-oriented <laughs> group, but no, in, Sim in Simrom, you don't start as, a, as you would a one-level player, level one player in 5e. Uh, you actually start at what we call the normal yeah. challenge rate level and then there are the weak ones i i'm not saying that Merogan is one of those because he isn't but but even even a crappily or not very skillfully built character is not helpless in simra no like, yeah. and, and this is what they found their their mm. weaknesses uh all right well we're not gonna 
you know, defeat them in like, you know, arm to arm combat, but we can terrify them and we can yeah. we can route them by throwing like, oh, you know, like, yes, that Prios's burning light is really good. But it's got like maybe two shots before you start mm. like taking like corruption threshold. But they yeah. don't know that they don't know mm. how many shots you've got. They just see this burning supernova of terror coming yeah. out of the mill yeah. and they don't know how many people are in there. They don't know how many people mm. Keller's encountered. And so it was just chaos and fear and uh you know breaking the will of the bandits and then mal rogan's by himself going like well i'm not going to take them all on my own and (laughs) and, and, you know takes his hand and goes home (laughs) and so it was uh it was it was really fun for me to see them like I was like, maybe they're, everyone's going to die in the second episode. I don't know. Cause <laughs> I, 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 I caught that, that like, they're not like level one, like D and D they're, they're, mm. they're, they're neutral. They're normal. And so yeah. even in the first episode, when we zoom in on the campfire, I'm describing everyone, including the player characters, like as if they were NPCs. And if you're mm. listening at, for the first few minutes, you're not going to know unless you listen to episode zero, which ones are the main characters yet? Is it the, mm. the, the old man running the caravan? Is it the woman in black? Is it the siblings? Is it the two pathfinders? They're all being presented equally. And it's not mm. until the actual story begins to roll do we then see the player characters start to step up where the other NPCs don't. And oh. that's mm. what starts advancing them into the main character status. Uh, which was really, I haven't played a game like that where, where everyone kind of started anonymous in that way. Like mm-hmm. you're just part of the crowd, but now, you know, through desperation or through faith or through whatever reasons they're, they're rising through. So I, I wanted to have a chance to let our players talk to you about this game. And, uh, and have that as like our post-game conversation. Um, so this will follow... I know you haven't heard them yet, but this will follow the episode that'll come out after they've descended into the sinkhole. I yeah. know what happens because I've read everything. You know what happens because you've written everything. Sean and Ainsley don't actually know anything beyond that They're point. They haven't actually looked actually going to die. I need to know so bad. <laughs> they got, like, the, <laughs> those, those, those terrible lizards oh. underneath the ground with no eyes have leaped at them. And that's oh. the end. That's, that's, where, where that's where it stops. And they're all losing their minds. So uh, I'll, I'll let... I'll let them yeah. take it from here. Sean and Ainsley, uh, uh, welcome. We, Matthias is here with us. We are all together after this experience. And I know you're, you're, Ainsley is like, you're, you're scratching at the walls. You need to know what happens next. I, 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 can't te- <sighs> I can't tell you what happens next, but I can do one better. I can bring to you the guy who wrote... <laughs> Everything that's driving you. Tell me everything. No. (laughs) Nice to meet you. Yeah. Super nice to be here. As uh, I have only heard a couple of episodes so far because that's all you have revealed on on your cost. So I'm quite anxious to know actually what happens to you guys (laughs) during during what remains. I mean, by by the time people listen to this. Uh, they will already have heard it all, but I'm a little bit in the dark. Maybe I will uh, ask some questions on my own during this. This uh, yeah. yeah, I saw talk. one comment come up about like, oh, is this is gonna be another slapstick comedy take ah. on a game, and maybe maybe it was a little lighthearted in the first episode. 
But Sean and Ainsley, Matthias hasn't heard what happened in the rest of the, just the promised land, those first four episodes. The next episode that comes out at the time that we're recording is the episode when the elves arrive at the caravan and reveal that someone is corrupted and these happy-go-lucky, I've been playing them like Merry and Pippin from Lord of the Rings this whole time. And they are, they're terminally ill with evil and there's nothing that can save them. And <laughs> what do you do? And the, there's no more jokes for those next two episodes. It's just horror. And the moment when Ludo, no, Bellin rips out as this abomination. Abomination. That was awful. I, I, yeah. Oh, that was awful. I could hear. Emotionally devastating. You all wanted to just throw up. And it was just this silence of like, you know, uh, uh, Matthias, what I had with them is um, they decided to defend them. The elves went to a- attack the caravan. But during the fight, Belen and Ludo are being protected by Lestra and they're in in like a tent. And, uh, you know, Ludo uh, 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 is, is you know, being, you know, we, we got this being optimistic. We're going to get out of this. They're going to take care of us. We're going to go with the twilight fires. We're going to be fine, Belen. <laughs> and Belen is suffering from migraines all day now. And it's getting worse, and the headaches are getting migraines. And it's right, big quotation and, marks. And and yeah. and he's starting yeah. to like he can't, uh, to the point where his his speech is starting to slur now. And it's like it's not migraines. This is like a stroke. Like what's happening? As he's like he's he, Belton is gone before the transformation really starts. He's just in in this pain. And so while the fight is going on, when Belton transforms now, they're not fighting the elves. <laughs> the elves aren't yeah. fighting the caravan anymore. Everyone's just like. Oh no! <laughs> well, it was really hard playing the scene leading up to that, where we had to choose because, as a player, I knew I was making the wrong choice, but it was the yeah. choice my character would make, one hundred percent. But it was that it, there was a lot of tension there. I was like, "Oh uh, no, this is I. I know this is wrong, but Yandrome doesn't know that." <laughs> yeah, and like trying to play a sister who has to technically agree or who wants to agree with her brother who she's finally reunited with that episode is a a critical turning point for i think all of our characters it's um because we come back in thistlehold and we're all a lot actually hilariously verit is the one who seems the most even keel and like not affected oh verit is like (laughs) well put a put a bolt in their heads right now we don't have to give them to the elves to be killed i'll kill them right like he's just yeah. like if, if they're corrupted from the darkness of davacor like this is not a competition here they're already yeah. dead and he was gonna do it um <laughs> that's just no I, I i was actually going to ask you about uh sort of rewind a little bit exactly to mm-hmm. that decision because i think to me those kinds of decisions are what simran is all about yeah mm-hmm. And hopefully, after making that decision, okay, you as a player felt maybe that I'm making the wrong decision. But the thing is, in the end, in a game like, or in a setting like Simurum, what we would prefer as designers of these scenes is, of course, that even if you make what you feel is the the right decision, you should you will probably have a little bit of afterthought. Yes. Uh, you're not yes. super sure that this was the correct call. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm very excited to hear that you, Sean, uh, brought it up uh, without me asking. Uh, and I hope you had many more of those kinds of, you we know, definitely dilemmas. Did. 
Yeah. Those were my yeah. favorite parts, actually. The, mm-hmm. the like those moral choices where you're forced to think not just like you you have to consider the morals of your character and what mm-hmm. would they actually think is the right thing to do. And there is no obvious answer. Mm-hmm. I really like that about this, about the setting and about this campaign in particular. It, mm-hmm. it, it has a scale where like you've got the factions, you've got the church and you've got the clans and you've got the witches and you've got the monarchy and they all have their own idea of what is going on like what the concept of darkness is what davakara is what simbroom represents treasure how thistlehold should be how the clan should be and they're all wrong in their own little way and they're all right in their own little way and the church has hugely wrong ideas about how to deal with the darkness but they do recognize it as a legitimate threat just like the rest of them and um, and, 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 but the iron pact isn't, you know, they're not blameless either. The, their tactics, they're splintered in choices. They're not unified, uh, which, which is like a whole other like critique on, on, on liberal activism and, and different factions within <laughs> just that one group. And, mm. and, and, and they're all, um, trying to do what they can with the information that they have. And everyone is working with incomplete information. So nobody can make a completely informed decision because the answers aren't mm. there. And Bellin and Ludo, like that was such, uh, it was so important that we did do that one before we went into uh, Wrath of the Warden or any of the other stuff, because before you arrive in Simbaroom to have this opportunity in this, the privacy of those mountains in that caravan away from the bigger picture, you just have these two guys that you've been kind of like, dealing with for the last two episodes and they're fun to have around and you know you you might not like them much you might not think that they're competent but you don't want any harm to come to them and then did you do this this scene where you actually saved them from the wolves Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so you so, have so, actually already saved them. Saved them all. So, so <laughs> the, the tomorrow's episode that's going to come out uh, is um, they save them from the wolves, and uh, they find out that's there's this moment when the wolf dies and turns back into an elf. And they're like, "Oh shit! What have we done? Oh shit! Mm. Oh god!" And Lestra is the one who helps explain them to everyone because you need yeah. that character who knows what the bigger picture and Mitch being such a big fan of Simbrum, he was able to then take it as a player and explain to Elindra and Yandrame what the iron pact is, uh, because Vaird would know, but also Mitch knew mm. because he's such a big fan of the games. So it was kind of fun as a GM to step back and just let them explain to each other what the iron pact meant. Mm. And, and I didn't correct them if they didn't get everything right. And, um, and then at the end of that episode, they don't meet the other two yet. But as Bellin and Ludo are walking away, alone, away from the rest of the group, Vaird turns on his witch sight and just takes a look. And that's where the episode ends. The music goes dark and there's this moment of like the black mold growing on green and there's not much green left. Mm. And Mitch is like, okay, but what's the number? And I just let it pause. <laughs> I just let it hang. Nine. <laughs> and this is the silence at the table. And they're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Bell and Ludo were the first conversation Alindra had just by like happenstance of they talked about them being illiterate and cartography. Oh, and- sorry, the episode actually ends with the blizzard and hearing the conjured voice over the mm-hmm. blizzard. So you also there's a sense of like, who the hell are these? Like, you don't know that there's only two others. You just know that there's this presence, this scary. They can move blizzards on you. And there's this voice in there. There's just like, I love how invisible the elves operate and they just 
again, they, they're doing the same tactics that Yandermay and Ainsley, like what you guys were doing against Mal Rogan. They're just doing it on a bigger scale. Yes. They, they, they are small in number, but they will make two feel like 200 just in presence alone. And so the, so Vaird uh, confronts them in the camp and says, you're corrupted. Tell us what you have done. You have done something that has brought the Iron Pact onto us, and we will not leave these mountains alive if you do not give us the information we need in order to make the right choices. And that's when Bellin is like, shut up, Ludo, shut up. And Bellin's like, it's too light, it's too far. We, we got to come clean, Bellin. And he pulls back his sleeves, and he shows them the stigmas. It was so lovable. And he breaks down <laughs> into tears, and he tells them the, the whole story. And so they know what's going on, but they also know that like, you know, and Lester is trying to advocate for them to let her take them to the monastery instead, because like as a, as a reader, like all Ludo is guilty of is taking a skull in a circle at a camp and then handing it to the person on his left. Hmm. And that moment, a couple seconds where he touched it and he felt its warmth and he passed it on. That's it. His fate is sealed. And it's so mm-hmm. unfair. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so like he didn't deserve that. And 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 it, and it sucks. And that was beautiful. Like in terms of just like this isn't about judging right and wrong. Are Bell and, and Ludo guilty? It's irrelevant. They're sick mm-hmm. and they're going and they're a danger to everyone around them now. But Yandrame and Ainsley or yeah, Yandrame and uh, Alindra, Alindra. <laughs> they they don't they don't know as new players how dangerous they are yet, and yeah. that mm-hmm. transformation and that monster fight that happened at the end, where they ended up having to break the sunstone open, Matthias, and summon uh, an elemental oh, yeah. being just yeah. to because they were all going to die. I think one of the elves <laughs> does die, and yes. uh, and then Ludo goes I running off the into the one. woods, and the other mm-hmm. one chases, and we don't know what happened. There's a scuffle in blood, and it looks like they fell off a cliff, and they both died together. And mm. um, the only way they stop that is Bartolom has to break open the sunstone and summon that elemental being to come down through the storm and and, and destroy it. And, and Sean... It was using the prios, but going way past those temporary points of corruption. His arm, I know you've mentioned uh, Princess Mononoke. It was very much mm. like his arm was going black ah, right. and bubbling yep. as he's mm. holding on to this thing. And his arm is like rotting as he's, and I'm, I'm going like, oh, this is it. We're, all, we're not making it. We're going to start new characters when we go to we Wrath of the Warden. Die. We thought it was over. And, uh, and, and so going into Wrath of the Warden and arriving at Thistlehold, we, we, we jump a few months in that. We do a time jump. And it's clear now that, like, especially with Alindra and also with, with Yandrame, that what happened in that mountain with Bellin and Ludo, they were never going to let happen again. Like, yeah, it was very defining. It was so traumatizing, but so, like, there's a before and after of, like, welcome to Symbrome. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and the characters in our second half, when we're in Thistlehold, is they have been transformed in their own way from that experience mm-hmm. in the mountains. It was mm. really cool. Yeah. The, the tutorial tutorial section was just, it was so fabulous because especially I came into it, not having read much of the lore. I was like, I'm mm. not going to read much and I'm just going to let myself be the idiot character that people can like find the world from. And I tend towards happier characters. So we didn't have, and, and I mean, Iandra is like, 
falsely happy. And then we have Vaird, our like doom and gloom barbarian. We're trying to cheer up the whole time. And um, always wrong. I mean, <laughs> and it was great though, because we wanted to be, our characters wanted to be right. And we just had such a, a, a great time of keeping that up until that last episode of sort of the like tutorial area where it was very in character traumatizing and, and gave us a lot to leap off from and then like change to really be like, this is Simbroom. Now, you know what the world is like. It is, there are hard choices because it was a, it was a rough fight debate between Verd and Yandrame. And they were, Yandrame was particularly unyielding because he won in the end, kind of. <laughs> and then we all suffered for it. We all did. And I mean, it ended up being just crazy impactful and wonderful because it led to us all changing as people by the time we got to Thistlehold and we're like, ah, my brother actually sucks. So does this <laughs> church. <laughs> but you learned something. That's yeah. what experience is all about. Forget about those those points. They, they are not exactly. very important in Symbrom. It's, it's about learning how that particular world functions, uh, mm -hmm. the social ro ro rules about, you know, living in a world like, like Symbrom's. Yeah. So, but but super interesting uh, to to hear. Um, actually, this first adventure that you, the, the tutorial adventure that you started off playing and will play for, is it four episodes? Uh, I don't remember. We either have yeah, one but something left. like that. I think the next one just has the, the elves arrive. The debate is done about Bellin and Ludo, and then the fourth episode is is basically a big fight. Yeah. <laughs> so I think there's no, two so more left. <clears throat> that that was written uh, mainly by my colleague Matthias Lilia, with expressed intention to you know ease you into the. The, the the combat rules of combat but also into problem solving and into social dilemmas and trying in in this when you meet the elves and the, the wolves and the shapeshifters and such and Belun does what Belun does oh. uh, that is sort of meant to teach you about the main conflict about the setting the, uh, and the, also this the, paranoia that you don't know these lovable mm -hmm. people that you are yeah. going to meet you don't know unless you've got witch site like Verd, mm. which one of them are ticking time bombs because nine corruption nine mm. and they were just acting around going out to go tit chopping we're going off to do this oh don't worry mm. about it. like they're fine they they think they're fine <laughs> they're keeping their clothes covered up because they're up in the mountains and it's all cold and everything and mm. and they could maybe uh, uh ward it off as frostbite or the elements and things like that but you don't know how how cancerous this thing is. Mm. And Until. when you're in Thistlehold now, every single person you meet, you're not, mm -hmm. you got to take a moment to like, yeah, but we've already <laughs> met people we liked. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh. And the stakes are so high. Like if, if just one of those things almost wiped out our entire party, yeah. what happens if there's three or four? Mm -hmm. And it ratchets it. Like it, it does teach like the, um, uh, like the initial test around the campfire before you even get into the caravan. Then, then the sunstone is stolen. You got to track it down. And then dealing with Keller, who is uh, a coward, and you think he's this big deal thief, and you get there and he just gives up. And then in our case, actually tried to join us for a while. And they're like, "Hey, look, we got. I mean, he's got a bigger team. He's always trying to be on the winning side." And mm -hmm. uh, and then at that point, you've earned the trust of the caravan, and they're starting to let them into bigger and bigger decision choices. So when the, the debate mm. happens with Bellin and Ludo. 
their place when they're debating and 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 when Argosto asks them for their opinion, it's an opinion that has now been earned over mm-hmm. the last yeah. two hours that isn't just because you're the protagonist, because they were nobodies when they were sitting around that campfire at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And one at a time, step at a time, they have earned their place at that table to be involved in deciding the 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 tie-breaking vote on what happens with Bellin and Ludo while simultaneously learning this political conflict going on between elves and humans, Iron Pact mm. and Ambria, uh, and also how that works with the clans and realize like, oh, this promised land that we are about to walk into, <laughs> that we've got these <laughs> that 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 Queen Corinthia has set aside for her subjects is messy mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. going to only get messier. And it's really, I think for Alindra, it was heartbreaking for you to realize that this is not, this isn't the wasteland you're leaving behind. You're not necessarily going to a better place right now. It was, it was, this is so rough and I felt bad for her and I was like, Oh, this, this is sucks. I didn't realize I wrote this to be so sad for her because she just gets there and like no parents, no um, like, nothing they get to the city and they have nothing and then her brother has just you know (laughs) she's finally seeing the like extreme faults he has after hoping that being reunited with family would mean that things were easy and happy and then like Vaird, the grumpy barbarian is the guy who had it right like oh that's unfortunate Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) because i know you haven't heard it yet matthias uh with alindra and yandrame they both end up in thistlehold three months later but yandrame is working devoutly for the church and Alindra is trying to track down information of what happened to their mother and that trail has led her to Thistlehold now and she's paying out of pocket at the uh, the witch and familiar and is trying to just you know and it, but it's like one day away from having to move out to the tent city because she can't afford it anymore because she's running out of money and um and Yandrame and Alindra meet every day at the bronze well but it's getting colder and colder and colder. And at the beginning, when the Wrath of the Warden begins, it's it's kind of implied that the two of them are going their separate ways now and that they're mm-hmm. not going to stay together. And uh, Alindra is going to follow the trail and head off somewhere else. And Yandrame is going to maybe go off and begin training in a different place and go to a different monastery. And then shit happens at Thistlehold and they all get yeah, pulled yeah. back in together. In fact, Vaird is, mm. is AMA. He's, he's, he's gone. He's gone away. Delivered the kids at, yeah, at Yandaros, and he's fucked off. And mm. when the witches show up at the door and they need an interpreter and they pull someone out of the crowd, it's Vaird. And he sees the kids and he goes, ah, oh, God damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's back in. And, they're, and all three of them are kind of pulled back in through fate, <laughs> if mm-hmm. you want to say. Uh, and, and they're now entwined into this second mystery where, mm. because they're the only three that have enough breadcrumbs to know that these things are all connected that they mm-hmm. they've got to they've 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 got to they got to warn everybody but you can't just warn everyone unless you've got the the evidence and so yeah. they're they're mm. they're forced back together and it was you know these these inseparable siblings at the beginning of promised land who when we get arriving at wrath and they're like estranged <laughs> it was yeah. really sad for me as a gm i was going like oh no what can i what what npcs can i throw their way that will help them show that they they should be together but it was so fun like i it was just really fun having like a lot of good reasons in the story to change your character for something more interesting like you know 
Alindra's area of study ends up being like abominations and I am forgetting now exactly what abilities I end up with. like. Yeah, you spend your uh, entire time spending most of your money in the, the lore master, I'm guessing. Yeah. I think it wasn't lore master I took it was the was beast it lore master it was beast lore beast, beast lore, yeah. beast lore, yeah, beast that's lore with one. a specialty yeah. in, 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 in in abomination and you've spent in Thistlehold you've been going into yeah. their archive the liturgy and mm. uh, spending whatever money you've got to Reading. have time to take books and read them just to pour over mo- everything that there is to know about um, expeditions that have gone into the forest, people that have been involved, uh, interactions with the Iron Pact, all these stories, because maybe on one of those expeditions, your mother was on them. Yeah. And and I did end up taking Lore Master after I got to Thistlehold, so you haven't heard her with Lore Master yet, but it, that was that was great, man. Lore Master <laughs> came in real Excellent. handy. And, and it good was really choice. good, because now I know she knows some barbarian <laughs> because of the Lore Master, which is fun. Um, and it gives... Uh, the researcher, I'm glad I chose a sort of researcher type character because it gave me a lot of good reasons to like poke around and be like, interesting barbarian culture. Like, please tell me more, Baird. And um, that's why she's staying at the witch and, uh, witch and familiar, because that's where there's um, a barbarian witch uh, running the uh, or mother who like lives there. It's just, <laughs> it was a great way to get involved with the setting, which is very fun. Yeah, she is not very fun, though. If I if no. I remember correctly, she's a little bit of a, you know. I had them read the not public, the brightest uh, view on life. I had I had them read the uh, public facing content, so they know what they're allowed to know about mm. this a hold. Mm. And I absolutely love how it's written, with like you know, as a GM, you get into a part where they're like, here's how what everyone's told about this a hold, and here's how we're going to tell you that like ninety percent of all of that is built on a lie. And it, it tells the true story of the founding of Thistlehold and what's really going on. And I'm not going to mention it here because it took my breath away. What I read, just like the one line, in fact, blank is blank is blank. And I went, oh, oh, that explains every, no wonder Lassifor Night Pitch and that, that, that. And it's all like it, everything just kind of. <laughs> holy crap and 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 then then now running even though we barely scratch it in the little bit that we did on the wrath of the warden as a gm it informs me so much on how the town's guard is going to react to crises and how the heroes in town so-called heroes in town are going to react to crises and how the leadership actually operates and how far they're going to go publicly versus what's going on behind the scenes and it, oh, it was so it was just so juicy and it was so simple <laughs> as well like when that reveal happens you know at the table they're gonna be like holy smokes and it's gonna retcon everything and it's all gonna make sense and um it was so there's so much wonderful guidance for telling stories to the gm not just teaching me the rules but in 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 telling me how characters are informed their motivations the secrets that they hold and mm. Uh, and and knowing why the barbarian witches have arrived, knowing exactly what the well is, knowing mm. what's what's waiting for them in the sinkhole, what has happened really a week before the campaign even begins, uh, leading up to everything and this alarm going off. Um, I actually have a question about that. Did you write the mystery, like the truth first, and then sort of backtrack to what the players yeah. knew, or did you start from the players' knowledge and then and but then figure out the mystery after? You know. Today, I can barely remember (laughs) the process of it. The thing is, we have uh, me, uh, 
mainly, but we we are we are a team. The right. three guys that have created Symbarum and have uh, you know designed most of the adventures and chronicles. So in, even if I'm the lead writer of this uh, series of adventures, we always talk a lot together, and when we uh, use each other as, as sounding boards and whatnot. Uh, we had more or less the whole campaign arc, uh, including the secrets people keep and when to they will be revealed and how that will tie into the story and propel the story forward. Uh, most of it we had already before we started writing the first book. Wow. Okay. Uh, and even I would say before we started writing the core book. Wow. Uh, why? Because we as a team, we have done a couple of other games before uh, for Swedish, a Swedish audience only. And we have always had this idea that we, we want to create the games to tell for, for our sake, to tell, tell a certain pretty, you know, majestic story. Mm-hmm storyline then we try to design the game so that you can you can enjoy it and play it without ever getting into the, the big campaign uh which i hope is true for simbrum i know mm-hmm. quite well, a I lot of so. people who, who who play it without ever mm-hmm. you know even have having read the the breath of the warden or the other campaign books so um uh, in 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 a sense i think we know I know most of the the secrets beforehand, uh, but then it's very much a question of imagining uh, what everyday life life is like in these. You know, we have Thistlehold in the first book. Then it is the the barbarian chieftain's stronghold on Karvosti, which is a big cliff inside Davukar. And in the third episode, you have you have Indaros, which is the, the capital city. Uh, three, you know, cultural centers or points of light in this setting uh, that are fleshed out in the first three episodes of the Chronicle. Uh, and then it's very much about trying to Put, I, I try to put myself in the shoes of the everyday visitor of, of those places and describe what I see. And knowing the secrets, I can also then foreshadow <laughs> and, and mislead because, oh. um, and this is not necessarily correct for everyone, but for me, I have played role-playing games for, for quite some time and what I find most interesting as a player and also what gets me most immersed in the setting in the sense that I start caring about it is those moments of, aha, what? You know, when you get super, when things get flipped upside down, turned inside out and, and just as you said, uh, Justin, uh, suddenly things make sense. Uh, they all come into focus in it's like yeah, yeah they finally got the lenses right. in the right angle and go oh i can see oh. <laughs> yeah. why everyone's behaving the way they are but it doesn't exactly. work if you don't foreshadow it at all like if it comes out of nowhere yeah. it's yeah. it's not entertaining but this 
campaign. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I haven't read yeah. the books and I will not until like someone DMs it for me. <laughs> I've nine years of Terrible Warriors. I've run a lot of games and a lot of games that are set in urban settings and some canonical, some made up. And I've never come across a place like Thistlehold where I was given so many tools to inform me on how to make that city come alive. And, mm. you know, just telling me like the businesses, but not just the businesses, but the gossip between those businesses and how the schedules work. And you've got this, you know, uh, a former fortune hunter who's drunk out in the alleyways there. And this is where, you know, if you run out of money, you can still stay in this one place. This is your like your last chance hotel. And you've got all these little places around and the place is so full and dense and full of characters, especially when mm. the clan beasts are attacking. And around us are all these other fights with all these other main characters that are mm. that are being introduced uh almost like mm. <laughs> like like in a crossover event like an avengers movie like they're all just showing up and uh, and you know they're prominent you know they're going to be big deals down the road and and it all just I, I've played in cities where they just feel like, you know, if you know, you're in a video game, you're supposed to believe that this is a huge city full of thousands of people, but they can only generate 10 uh, avatars at a time or, and they're just kind of all scattered around and it's not that, it's not actually that busy. This hold felt very busy and it feels, even though it's only 11 years old, it feels like a, an old, well-worn place, muddy and yeah, crappy. Because, and, because yeah. the conflicts that are going on in there are ancient. Mm -hmm. Right, because the, the the even if the houses are new, uh, the social scene isn't at all. Uh, I must uh, confess that I'm blushing a little bit <laughs> from what you're saying, and I feel like sillyly, I don't know, full of myself <laughs> because the, the, so to downplay. Uh, the importance of, of let me of turn me into a my... question instead of me just like uh, like heaping praise on no. you. Let me ask you a question because we were talking about building mysteries and knowing the secrets. But yeah. how do you then like when it comes to the world building beyond the telling the quests? How 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 do you go about with Yandaros and Thistlehold and Carvasti and 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 the rest to uh, making those places feel because it's more than just a map. Because it, it, ah, the, the okay. map becomes more than like you got all these points of it, but when reading like it, there was guidance mm. for me to to tell those stories. There's information for me to give to the players. There's all this stuff, and if I tell them, then they can. By the time we're doing the investigation, they know where to go because they've read the primer mm. on Thistlehold, and it feels like yeah. we've lived there for a while. And yeah. and I've never any other game where we've been in a city. I have to start leading people on rails to drag them mm. through because they don't, they, I know more than they do and their characters know more than they do. And mm. this was, this was very different from that. So I guess the designing of Thistlehold um, as a place, as a sandbox, but also a, a setting for your, for your main story and your chronicles, how does that come about to help make it feel uh, so lived in? I think uh, no easy answer um, to that one we in in the game monsters guide that we released last year i think uh i've written a section about designing settings uh designing game worlds and and settings within those worlds and one of the things that i th think is is you know an important factor in making that feeling come about is that 
the ideal is to describe everything in the world in re in relation to other things in that world. Mm. So instead of saying that, you know, uh, the rose garden is a flea infested sort of a really cheap, uh, you know, Amsterdam hostel, you compare the rose garden to an other establishments in Indoros uh, or Thistlehold. And you just do the same thing with, with everything else you are describing. So when you are, I'm describing the Rose Garden, I'm not only describing it, I'm also describing everything, a, a lot of other places in that town and the relations between the Rose Garden and those other establishments. So you get this sort of structure or dynamic or the contrasts of the town all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't know, that may be a little bit flimsy or... It helped or, me, you'll hear it when we get to Thistlehold, that as they're going around, there's even, even as big a deal as the sinkhole and that and the alarm going off, mm. there's still other stories happening uh, all the time. Mm -hmm. There's there's this uh, heretic, supposed heretic, that keeps seeing people every morning. There's yeah. lineups to his place. There's there's the three brothers who are passing through, and there's all these rumors and a buzz about like they they're apparently they're heading off to Temple Wall. What are they doing here? Mm. And and there's all these comings and goings, and the nobles are all packing up and getting out of town, and like they've mm. got their whole thing, and um and 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 you feel smaller in this world yes. in other than compared to others where like in a, in a, uh, in other settings we've played, you're, uh, you're, you're Aragorn, right? Like you're, you're yeah. going to be the, <laughs> the biggest deal in the world. In this one, if you're lucky, you might be able to warn the mayor what's going on and you'll mm. get a commendation. But <laughs> to be fair, I mean, then, they'll you, forget about you it have next just, week. You have just uh, played or sniffed at the first part of the, the Chronicle. I am currently writing yeah. part six. Oh, and I'm sure by the time episode. you are the biggest <laughs> characters in the realm, I mean, I, it's going to feel so earned, though. <laughs> yeah, but, and you will probably still feel small, but because the stakes are even <laughs> higher mm -hmm. and the, the, the decisions you have to make are not easier by the time you get to that point. Mm -hmm. But you will definitely be walking around in Thistlehold like a known a household name. Everyone knows who you are and look up to you and knows much of your, you know. So you in Simbrum, you can become a hero in, in, mm -hmm. in that sense. You can also become very infamous. Uh, you're right. Oh, yeah. by, by, it, by Chronicle it, it, 6, you yeah. could be walking around yeah. Thistlehold, but you're also presuming that Thistlehold still exists by Chronicle 6, depending on how yeah. things go with Wrath of the Warden. That's not Absolutely. a guarantee. And, <laughs> and, and there is, there's a chance that even if they do happen to survive that terrible night, mm. the players are going to have to flee and change their name because everyone's going to know how bad they were. And, and it can really... No, I, I mean, it, obviously, you can align yourself with a lot of different factions yeah. in this setting, and one of them being the Iron Pact. And of course, if you become known in Ambria as champions of the iron pact there are lots of people who will not like you at mm -hmm. all yeah you'd be completely we'll ostracized throw, yeah yeah throw you out from from the inn or from the, their store or whatever and it's really fun seeing like our 
our characters are already so heavily entrenched in their own packs without even feeling like, no, Yandrame, you chose your side and you stayed there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and and by birthright did. But like Alindra didn't make as many choices, but she's slowly becoming unaligned with things more than she's aligning with things. And it's really interesting to have a character that I'm not even... Uh, it, I don't have to actively make a choice to say like, she's going to be interested and involved with this faction because they're just such a living, breathing part of the town that um, touches you. Like I, I definitely, I really resonate when you were saying um, how you're creating things in relation to each other rather than just on their own, because this really does feel like a sort of ecosystem rather than uh, mm-hmm. like pinpoints where we have to decide where the the town is going like the town's moving around us and we're choosing what things we're are going to happen with or without you mm-hmm. and, and and if you're lucky you might be able to help correct its course into a place that everyone's a little bit better off uh than than where it's currently going because right now it's going off a cliff and hey you uh alindra feels like the most like the one who's got the path in front of her to decide where she's going to go and, and choose her allegiance to. But I know Sean, you confided in me with the Yandrame after that moment up in the mountains, you're having thoughts about what darkness is, what the church is saying it is, uh, where the twilight friars play into it. This, this combat between light and dark and the truth of prize light you have just taken for granted. Um, but now you're seeing that, maybe the destruction of nature actually isn't helping at all. <laughs> Can I ask you, Sean? Um, sure. Did Yandrome get the chance to meet Father Sar- Sarvola? No, no, he does no. not, unfortunately. Okay. I really I mention it every to. single episode. Yeah. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does. I mentioned the lineup of pilgrims that are there, mm. and he's in town. He's yep. just he's just mm. south of the Bronze Well where you meet with your sister every day. You want to go check in with him. He's like, I will not be seen in the same room as a heretic. And it's like, oh, <laughs> all right. No, because that's that's one of my my favorite, you know, realizations of the main conflict is what's happening with the Sun Church. And the, the, the loyalists, as they are called, the ones that want to follow the, the giver of laws or the lawgiver. And then you have the, the reformists who uh, become more numerous over time and who wants to sort of take a step back to when, when Prius was the giver of life, the life giver instead. Uh, and uh, and more or less, you know, this this loving, all embracing yeah. father, a schism mother, is slash coming. God of creation. Yeah, yeah. the schism hasn't this, happened yet, but you can see the fault you can lines. See, yeah, you can see where it's starting. I feel like Yandrame was very well positioned where we left the campaign to not necess- to have not chosen a side yet and to have yes. that choice sort but of But if you on don't him. pick a side, the rift is going to open up and you're going to fall right down fall in the middle. It. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it was very interesting playing him of sort of walking that line of he was prejudiced and he was coming from a place of he was indoctrinated from a very young age by mm. in the lawgiver side of things, but he's starting to question that, but he isn't quite pushed over that line yet. And I love that there's enough of a there's enough stuff in the church that you can play with that. You can, mm-hmm. you can pick either direction or you can play around and there's, there's things to explore that aren't, it's not just one note. 
mm-hmm. becoming an apostate would be an, a, a perfectly valid uh, arc for your character too, and and it developed yep. that way. So the siblings are are, are 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 this other story, but then we have our very mysterious witch Vaird. And Mitch, you haven't <laughs> had a chance to say much because I know you joined in mid, mid yeah. conversation. But I want you to give a chance because nice. because as Vaird, you're very soft spoken. You don't say a lot of things. You don't let us into what's going on, and so it made you a very impactful character on the scene because when you did act, it was always a big deal. And and you're trying to give us warnings, and we're constantly ignoring you. And then you're always right. And <laughs> uh, so as Mitch, how w- was Vaird for you into this? Because I know you you came in with a Simbaroom um, background already, having you mm-hmm. know knowing the game, having played the game. So uh, give us, let us in on some of your secrets because Matthias can't share his. So uh, to <laughs> share us Vaird. Uh, what what was it like uh, playing this this spirit witch of the clans? Yeah, so um, this was the uh, second time I've gotten to play a barbarian. I've enjoyed Simbarum for years uh, and, and pretty much backed every Kickstarter. Um, so a huge fan and such. Um, and there was an opportunity a couple, like I think about two years ago or a year and a half ago, uh, there was a Simbarum writing contest uh, that me and my friend uh, participated in. Uh, so we ended up uh, writing uh, a scenario called Rite of Passage, uh, which was oh. kind of like an entry scenario. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that that was uh, that was myself and my friend who did that. And so I, I really wanted to, like, have the uh, the barbarian perspective uh, at the, the start of it. Um, and then I saw the spiritualist and kind of how the advanced player guide went into, mm. uh, the three like facets of, of how the witches believe magic is and, and the world is, uh, and I thought it was so enchanting. Um, and so Viard is a spiritualist, uh, in training, um, and deals with kind of the nightmares of, of seeing the dead every now and then, because he can't really control it at this point in time. It's a, it's a far thing from him to be able to, to talk and speak to them. They just kind of terrify him at night. And he's also addicted to drugs to help him sleep. Mm-hmm. So he's a very troubled, like barbarian, witch um, who uh, had to fulfill this promise to his father uh, to get these two Ambrians over to, uh, to their land um, and risk his life doing it uh, so that he, his father can be proud of him. And these two kids, uh, he doesn't like using their names. Uh, I, that's kind of a decision I made earlier on that they're just an- male Ambrian and female Ambrian until something changes. You, I'll use uh, your names when you earn it, is what you said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I think at the last episode, I, I accidentally called... Uh, Someone by their name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I called her by her name a couple of times. I was like, ah, crap. Uh, but that that's just weird, you know. It's 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 it interesting that you say you're a witch in training because Alindra and Yandrame clearly approach you as um, the master. You're you're the one oh, yeah. with all the knowledge <laughs> and all the answers. You're clearly the one in charge, and and you yourself are just a student as well. Yeah, exactly. He he's going through a lot, but he he does. I mean, he knows that if the iron pact asks for something that you just give it to them and you know it's that's just the safest route to go and you don't uh you, you don't have a conversation to try to save whoever brought uh, or brought the wrath of the iron pact upon them um and and so yeah it, i guess it's just been really fun to just kind of 
uh, watching these two uh, grow and such while like Veard is also growing uh, in trying to keep this uh, facade of uh, this mysterious barbarian when really he doesn't Mm. know. I I don't know how much planning you did ahead when you sort of composed the, 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 adventuring party or whatnot uh, but i have only listened to a couple of episodes now but i i think it it makes for a really good show uh to have that you know uh, the barbarian versus the the two youngsters that know exactly they think they know about the world because they read about it mm-hmm. or because uh, in Yandrome's case, because he knows the teaching of the god, uh, the sun mm-hmm. god. Uh, uh, and the dynamic becomes really interesting because it also, you have you have sort of the, the dilemma we talked before you came in, Mitch, mm-hmm. we talked about the dilemma of do we hand Belun over, Belun and Luda over, or do we you know, defend them against yeah. these hostile uh, monstrous elves. Uh, but your relationship is kind of a a mini version of that conflict mm-hmm. in some sense. So uh, and- whether or not it was intentional, I think it, it uh, brings a lot of flavor to the table. Yeah, it worked out so, very well. Yeah, yeah, I was super excited because I, I love the barbarians and the different clans and the lords surrounding them. And yeah, I just it, it was such a perfect. It mix. wasn't it wasn't intentional. I let all three of yeah. them make the character they wanted to make. And then we all met uh, for one meeting before, which then turned into that episode zero prelude oh, that we yeah. recorded. And uh, so they they all got a chance to like go over and, and, and you know, because Sean and I had done a session zero last year where we all made our own characters in, in the game. So we, we, we knew a little bit like we were getting into. Mm-hmm. So I just let them go, like make the character you're excited about. And what we ended up mm-hmm. with was this like really interesting triangle of conflict between all three of them. Because yeah. the siblings are not united. They appear because mm-hmm. they're both Ambrians and their family. Mm-hmm. But we also have the, 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 the religious brother and the secular atheist almost sister uh <laughs> who who are both debating amongst themselves and so and then you got this academic but but then Ain- Ainsley and Mitch are united in now about what the danger of darkness is and and coming on board so Ainsley is is bridging between her uh div- dogmatic brother but and 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 this uh mysterious witch and is trying to understand that neither of them have all the information, but together they have more information mm. and can make more informed mm-hmm. choices. And uh, and yet within that group, the f- they all worked really well together as a team. But there was always this like simmering conflict. It was always just kind of mm-hmm. there. And uh, and 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 you know, Iandrame and Mitch end up being united. Uh, in Thistlehold in we have to be calm and we need to look at this crisis and we need to do things properly Mm -hmm. because uh, Alindra is getting, (laughs) she got so um, wound up about her mother and trying to find information to the point where she's putting herself and everyone around them at danger. We got to get, we got to get into that sinkhole. Now we got to find that. We got to find out what she knew. We got to bust, kick down doors, fight, whatever, like, 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 start killing people if we have to like and everyone's like maybe tap the brakes a little <laughs> right and and for the first time then yandrame and Verd 
are now a united force against this obsession that Elindra is. Elindra is now the one going down a darker path. And it was really interesting to see these these different arcs all um, teetering around each other. I I, mm-hmm. I I I really hope we do get to return to it again um, because we have some unfinished business to attend oh, to for so sure. Then oh, I, yeah. I will definitely not spoil anything for you. <laughs> I don't want you to spoil anything, Matthias, but I do want you for both my players and for our, our listeners and for anyone who's thinking of getting Wrath of the Warden and trying to look it into itself. We have descended into the sinkhole. They have heard the singing lyrics, mysterious as they are. They are finding that there is more underneath Thistlehold than they might have expected. It wasn't just rubbles of a mm. building. And uh, as these creatures attacked them, they haven't found anything that has led them to, they found those few little clues that were on um, uh, the woman's body uh, when the fern fell into the sinkhole and they've spoken to the witches. So what would you think everyone should be most excited to anticipate to be, or what should they be most afraid of? Or most concerned? Where, where are they not looking? The, the big concern <laughs> in Breath of the Warden, uh, I must admit I haven't read it mm-hmm. for a while, uh, but I think I know it more, more, more or less by, by heart. But I mean, by now you do know that the main concern is that someone has... Do you know that? What they, do you know, know after, they, after speaking? So, so they know do, that, do they know about Eox? They know that they're being followed. They don't know that they're cults yet. They know oh, that cults? people are chasing them down and that uh, that someone... Because I, I do a few moments where the camera lets But they them, know that there is a super strong source of corruption somewhere the, in the, the town. Witch, the witches yes. are saying that. Yeah. And that's what caused the well yeah. to go off. Yeah. Uh, they, they, but they, they don't know the exact source. They, they've already met them. During the clan beast attack, they... S- Okay. Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, who was that? What? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, stop. He didn't say that. Absolutely didn't say that. But no, I think you will. You will be very much in. Yeah. Okay, this is hard. But when you learn what that source of corruption is, it will make you go oh uh and probably a little bit louder than that <laughs> that, More sense like, of had, that sense of doom you had with the bellin and ludo thing yeah. that's that's like that's the, that's one yeah that's on one the, on the heat yeah. dial <laughs> oh, on the exactly. stove this this isn't this isn't a 10 this is different uh, no but, it isn't but it's no. uh it, it's definitely medium high yeah <laughs> on the I stove it's enough to bring you to a boil if you leave it on but long then, enough uh, you also know that the Iron Pact is active in Thistlehold and mm-hmm. playing onwards in this scenario, you get to interact a little bit more with with the, the elves. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you play your cards right, you even get to meet them. And I'm so excited. I want to meet elves. <laughs> in, in, uh. a play, in a place that is... Uh, a place of myths and legends. If you were to Let's, ask around, they'd it. say it's not real. Mm-hmm. That place, of course not. No. It isn't. 
Who, who told you it's real? <laughs> it's, it's it's not real. That's just a Nothing. thing that clan mothers yeah. tell their children to yeah, keep yeah, them yeah. to, go, to go to bed at night. Yeah, <laughs> the elves are nothing but brutes that eat children that behave, especially children that behave badly. Everyone knows that. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, do you want to be taken in your sleep and replaced by a changeling? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, but the the main thing about Wrath of the Warden is that even if it's hopefully action loaded, and now I'm going to say that I, I was going to downplay the role of me as a designer of this, me and my friends as a designer, because what comes out at the table is all about what a game master can do with it or can pick up from it and turn into drama. So if you had fun, uh, thank Justin as much as us for that. <laughs> so that's the first first thing uh, the second thing is that breath of the warden is an adventure that is designed to be it's the starting adventure of the chronicle so the main purpose is to introduce the main players and you get to to meet you know fractioneers from all the main fraction uh, factions uh, uh, but low low level ones so you don't meet like the queen, but you may meet one of her siblings or one of her, you know, representatives, uh, representatives. Yeah. 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 You're not um, going to meet the head of the church, but you are going to meet maybe the chapter head in Thistlehold, if you're lucky. And yeah. Elfeno and and also maybe. Yeah. You, you will and I love that, like everyone knows who Last of Night Pitch is. And he, of course, he makes a heroic mm. appearance during the clan beast mm. attack. Mm -hmm. And if they play their cards right and they are able to eventually convince to get an audience, I would hope that like at that point you have played hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Mm. And the actual meeting with this person is going to be you should feel nervous. You should mm. feel like this is a big deal and you have worked really hard for it. And mm. yeah, it's, it's so, but, but really that's, interesting. That's it uh, with Breath of the Warden. You get to, you, you get introduced to the main factions and to the main conflicts of the, the story. Hopefully you have some fun and excitement while having that introduction. <laughs> but then, you know, when, when we go off to the second part of the, the, the campaign, which is called the, the Witch Hammer, and starts at Carvosti uh, inside Davokar, uh, the stakes immediately become very much higher and and you get to do a lot of traveling in Davokar forest and and whatnot. There, there are some small trips into Davokar in Breath of the Warden as well, I should say, but... But it's, it's, it's mostly where... almost like a murder mystery happening in Thistlehold. It's a very urban... Yeah. detective story which i really enjoy mm. um mm -hmm. with with in the third act uh it gets really uh, this is where i saw when you and i last talked you said simbarum was like game of thrones meets princess mononoke and the third act of wrath of the warden reading it is what felt like that princess mononoke where we're dealing with um bigger things from the forest we're dealing with reminding me of, of of scenes in the in the in the third act of princess mononoke itself where where you have like the boars showing up and all this and and it it has yeah. it has that feeling of 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 the um the supernatural side of this world as well and mm -hmm. uh but because it's in the third act it's also so far you spend the first mm -hmm. much of it 
almost in a very, I don't want to say mundane, but a very real grounded world that gradually slides you into um, rituals and then magic and then gods and then prophecy and then and go bigger and bigger. And, you're, and then you realize at the end of that third act, you're like, we are part of something much bigger than a missing woman uh, in a sinkhole. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, a, and a well exploding, uh, in, in the middle of the day. Um, it, it was, I feel like story structure wise, like that's important though, to establish the normal before you yeah. dive yeah. into the weird. And I think it, it ground, it makes the weird that yeah. much more impactful. It's very, it's great that you did it in that order. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's not for everyone. I'm, I, I think that some people who mainly play role-playing games for rolling dice and escaping reality maybe they don't want to learn or, or i mean play they don't want to have a, a lesson on ethics they want to yeah <laughs> no, but not listen on ethic but you know play more low level grounded stuff mm-hmm. they they want to go out chasing gods the first thing they do <laughs> uh, I, I i prefer for it to and and I prefer this as a player as well when that gets to wait because yeah. I think our whole gets... table was united in playing mm. flawed, simple, yeah. fragile characters where mm-hmm. um, uh, you know this is a lethal world and you and you need to respect the people around you or or things are going to turn and mm. uh, playing like all three Ver, uh, uh, Yandrame and Alindra all three are fabulous characters that also have um some really fun blind spots and and flaws and weaknesses built into them either through addiction or ignorance or uh obsession um which then give the everyone else at our table i know you were saying it's all about the gm but it really is also about the players all three of you were giving yeah yeah uh, yeah, you're lifting each other up by giving Mm -hmm. conflict that wasn't putting roadblocks in the story, but giving other opportunities for the other characters to step forward and get involved in that narrative. You know, it's not like I've played games where the problems from the characters are drawing the group apart and are making telling the story more difficult and splitting things up and splitting up objectives. Whereas this, everyone like, yes, Yandermay is a problem with the church and that faith needs to be uh, uh, challenged and, and, and talked about, but also it's not going to slow. It doesn't slow the story down either. It, it, the conflict mm-hmm. continued to spiral it forward and move it forward. And same thing with Vare. Nope. Vare doesn't want to be there. He wants to be anywhere mm-hmm. else than where he is, but also there's something where he, he can't just turn his back on stuff going down you like us beard the party conflict was directly tied to the story conflict and i think that yes. was a big it wasn't separate it was part of our different moral reactions as characters yeah. to what was going on and every, it, it every helped. job felt like we'll do this job and then we'll go our separate ways and it's yeah. Like yeah. one <laughs> more job and then we then we never deal with each other again but then like our characters learn to respect each other or not, or, you know, like our opinions <laughs> of each other change and that changed the dynamic, but we all still were on the same team at mm-hmm. the end of the day, which mm-hmm. was really neat. Okay. We are out of time. So oh. I want to go around the table and get everyone final thoughts or a question for Matthias as, as we round up uh, our story for terrible warriors for now may be concluded, 
but the story of our of our three characters and and of Thistlehold and of Simbroom is is far from over. And so uh, I hope we continue to play this again, and I hope the people listening uh, might pick up this story and try it for themselves, and that the, we have whetted that appetite and made them hungry for more. Because if you want to know all the answers. You just got to be a GM. They'll tell you. It's like being a magician, right? You can find. It's very easy to learn the secrets of a magician. You just have to go to penguinmagic.com and buy the trick. And then they tell you how it is. So it's it's the same story with Simbaroom. Like If you want to know what was taking my breath away in Thistlehold of learning the secrets, it's it's in the Game Master book. It's, 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 it's right there. It's printed. It's available. Uh, go for it. And then run the game and blow the minds of your players. Um, but for my players around the table, uh, let's start with Mitch and work our way back. Um, what are your final oh, thoughts man. here as we, uh, as we <laughs> for a time, depart the lands of Ambria? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I, I really hope we get to continue on because I've, I've really wanted to push through and, and hit all the campaigns. Uh, Symbarum has always been my favorite uh, fantasy TTRPG. And so being able to, to dive into it and, and play it was, yeah, it's just been so exciting for me. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about the, the next uh, books and, and such and, and where Symbarum goes in the future. So yeah, those are my my final comments, and obviously my fellow players and GM. Like, thank you so much. That was that was awesome, and I, I hope we get to do more shenanigans together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ainsley Morris, uh, I will very much echo what Mitch said. Interestingly, when I came to this, I did not have much experience. I, I got into tabletop role playing games at the beginning of the pandemic ish. I'm like fairly new to it, despite being a bit of like an actor and always wanting to. have to try doing role-playing games. And this was my first like non 5e game that I really got into. I've like touched a few other systems and um, it was just, oh, it was so fun dipping into the lore, seeing seeing a um, tabletop role-playing game that was so lore focused uh, is just, that's like my bread and butter, my favorite part of it. And it was so great. And it's not very scary if you're someone who doesn't know how it does isn't good with the mechanics of games like the the rolling for yourself ended up being really simple to manage after a few sessions and be like okay this is great I just have to roll for me and I'm rolling against other people and I just have to know where I'm at um oh, so do yourself the flavor favor and play it I'm gonna maybe I'm gonna GM this for some friends now because it's so I'll have so you good, GM. But I can't tell do you it. what we'll keep no, playing yeah. we'll go you, into the, I we'll, want the story reveal we'll we'll, we'll, we'll finish we'll reveal. finish wrath of the warden together and then when we do witch hammer is it uh you'll run it oh you'll run it and, yeah. and I'll play your mother uh <laughs> oh, in Carvasti and we'll check in oh, with them yeah. what was going on Perfect. Excellent. But yeah, thank you, Matthias, for speaking with us and for writing this mm-hmm. awesome game because it was uh, it was a blast. And I hope we come back to it like everyone else here. <laughs> Sean, I was just going to say I'm feeling really conflicted, actually, because I really, really want to continue playing this game and find out things organically as my character. But this is I've been playing RPGs for years and this is the first one I've thought, no, I could actually run this and I want to. Mm-hmm. But so we'll have you do the, the third spoiled. chapter in the Chronicle is what we'll <laughs> there we do. Go. And we'll just keep this going. That'll be wonderful. Because yeah. I love the system. I love the game. I love the lore. This just this this game is fantastic. And, yeah. I and in have chapter for a three, I'll play the patron saint who might be your grandfather <laughs> for all we know. Yeah. <laughs> the patron saint who can't hit anything. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but they, thank you, Matthias, for this, um, this mm-hmm. fantastic game. I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. This has been like the most uh, 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 interesting interview I've done because you, you haven't hit me with very many hard questions. The most difficult thing for me have been to try not to smile from <laughs> happiness all the time because my, my you know face muscles are starting to go numb. Uh, because it's been such a joy listening to you talk about Simrom. Also, I must say, the two first episodes I've enjoyed very, very much. So I'm super excited for what's to come. And I will Great. listen. Uh, and I will try to make sure that even more people find the terrible warriors and start following your exploits. Because it's been... Uh, and, and also, uh, I must say, Justin, that... Uh, your first introductions to to the setting the the, the sort of mono, introducing monologue you had in episode one uh, because always when i listen to actual place of simrom i'm a little bit anxious at first but it <laughs> how took am i like, gonna mess it up yeah <laughs> yeah exactly it took like three four minutes and i just sank back uh. immersed in the story so no uh, you've done a, a swell job and i'm super happy that you have had fun mm -hmm. because because that's the deal with role-playing mm -hmm. games right not playing right but yeah yeah fun. i've had so much i had so much fun running the game and then now going back and editing them into the the story with the music and the effects mm. um and uh, in the next episode that's coming out tomorrow, I, I record an additional intro. I've decided every episode is going to have some kind of opening monologue in a way to help reframe mm. where we're at, offer a little bit more clues to the listener of the mm. world that they're in and, um, and talk about that. So like even in Thistlehold, while we don't get a lot uh, revealed to the players, I am going to tell some of the gossip and stories of like... The, the, the tale that everyone knows about Last of Our Night Pitch, not the one that you and I know, but the one that everyone knows about mm. the founding of Thistlehold, uh, and, 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 and share those stories at the beginning um, as a way, as I really, this is, this is just me as a podcast producer, I really like not having intros to our episode, not being like, today we're at the table with so-and-so and so-and-so, we, mm -hmm. we, yeah. we just, we're in. And so we do, we do the, the, the monologue and then the music, and then, uh, and, then, and then someone starts talking, and then we're back into the game. And it's... Uh, uh, I just this is this is the show I want to listen to. I, I, that's all. That's all I ever want to make. And um, mm -hmm. I'm really really proud of how it all sounds. And uh, and um, it wouldn't be possible without such a cool game, yeah. without such great players, and um, and without devoted listeners like you, my dear listeners, for supporting us and making this happen. Uh, so. I don't know uh, yet at the time that we're doing, because this I know Matthias here is like, this is a very weird interview. It wasn't. It was a roundtable <laughs> post-game breakdown that we really wanted to invite you to and celebrate the end of this story because we had so much fun. We wanted you to uh, be a part of this, uh, yeah. basically a rap party that we're having here. And Aww. then um, we're going to pivot now into the game that we are going to be recording in November. This interview is happening in September. I don't know what game we're doing in November yet. We're planning that in October. So time travel <laughs> and space continue to elude me. And uh, we, will, we will move ourselves into that next world. I would do Simbaroom again right now and mm -hmm. keep it going. Except Sean is yeah. going to be traveling. He so lives I may on or, a boat. And he lives on I a may boat may now. Oh. He might not be in Portugal for all I know. So, um, <laughs> so we have to wait till you come back. And uh, because I would not dare 
take yeah. another step into the story without uh, uh, having all three of you with me to do that. And so uh, uh, it is it is uh, not out of the picture that we will return to this. But for now, we will we'll pivot to something else uh, for a time. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what that is. And I know, Matthias, this will not be the last time you and I will be talking to each other. Congratulations on Blade Runner. Congratulations. Yeah, I on, know, right? Yeah, congratulations yeah. So on the good. Emmy Awards with all those <laughs> alien RPGs. Maybe we'll just play Alien next. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, all of... Uh, yeah, I'm like, actually playing that later tonight. Like every Everything freely comes out. I I, I know. It's, uh, I don't mean to continue. I just, they're, 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 they're the best books on my shelf uh, in mm-hmm. terms of production quality, in terms of the writing, the art, obviously. Oh, the, yeah, we didn't mention the art. The art oh, in Simba. The art is my so God, good. The oh, art. Oh, yeah. yeah. I literally, I had, a, I had a friend over this weekend and I brought all the Free League books out. And so it's like, here's Coriolis, here's Symbrum, here's Alien, here's Forbidden Lands. And just look at, just pour through the art right now because they're going through a graphic yeah. design course and just like, just start taking down notes. Mm-hmm. I, I have a very interesting task coming up next, uh, aside from writing uh, some cool stuff. Uh, I'm also... Um, putting together um i don't know if you know that yeah you know at least justin that we we had we did a kickstarter for a 5e conversion of yes. the simulum mm-hmm. setting yes and as part of that kickstarter uh we promised the backers a simulum art book oh, a digital nice. one yeah. a oh. digital one okay. uh, meaning that there are no limitations to what i can put in there Right. If, if we, we, we if people have asked for a, a physical one as well, and we may just do that uh, at one point or another. But in this case, I get to you know really uh, delve headlong into the the treasure of artwork that I mean we have put out. Can it be fifteen, sixteen hardcover books by now? Yeah. Something like that. Between 10 and 16, at least. I haven't counted. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. All of them full of uh, the works of Martin Grieb, Martin Grieb and Gustav Ekelund. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a true privilege to write stuff and then having those guy, guys make it come mm-hmm. alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Being able to least, show that image yeah. in Wrath of the Warden and show the picture mm-hmm. to my players of the witches on their colossi outside yeah, the yeah. gates. Yeah. That's oh, I mean, oh, like that's it. I don't have to say anything more. Yeah, it, that image it's conveyed so everything. And it, mm. it, it, it brought another layer into the world, another grimy layer into the world. That- yeah, and often, <laughs> often I send off, a, 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 you know, sort of a description of what kind of, artwork i want and i get something else back that is way cooler than what i imagined so i end up rewriting the text instead excellent <laughs> so that that's a, a very nice collaboration between me, me and martin specifically uh, and this is the thing is uh, I want to keep playing Simbrum. I know just to get through Wrath of Warden, I was joking earlier, it's going to take a seven more four hour <laughs> sessions to get done. But I also want to play the One Ring. I also want to play <laughs> Alien. I also yeah. want to play. I mean, I still haven't played Coriolis. It's been on my shelf for years. Oh, tis, tis. Right. You'll and, love and, that. And, and so and, and, and I and I and I I. I, I I keep starting Raven's Purge and then I have to keep starting it over and over again with Forbidden Lands and I never get to the bit of reach mm-hmm. and, and then I and got another one coming out soon and, and it's just, 
oh, there's just so I can, so many games and not enough time. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I just need to second what Mitch was saying. You're you're probably if you like Simbarum and the way this lore heavy kind of setting that makes for interesting stories. Uh, just yesterday, I was I had a meeting with Ricardo Antroya and Costa Costalos, the two of my colleagues, uh, about the third and final episode in the Coriolis Chronicle or nice. campaign, which is called the Mercy of the Icons, and uh, that will also be a we we will see two of the really meaty uh, free league campaigns come to a closure during uh, next year both the the one for simrom and the one for coriolis i know and like i know you're, you're giving me a lot of extra time and i really do appreciate it simrom and coriolis both share such a close personal yeah. story with you yeah. you know it predates free league it goes all the way back mm. to your original publishing company and the story you told me of the company having to close and having to liquidate mm. those assets, you selling Coriolis to Paradox Games and then being able to buy it back all mm. those years later when mm. Free League came in to, to exist as it does now. Um, so I know like when I'm talking about these stories and like Simbroom in a consumer's head is only so many years, but for you, I know Simbroom and Coriolis are, it's, it's it's such a big part of your life now. It's going back so many years, yeah, it's, and it's been, and you've been telling been, this story, yeah. and now you're getting to the point where you're <laughs> at this place where you're 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 finishing the story proper of Simbrum and Coriolis. What's that? How? What is that like? <laughs> no, it's <laughs> it's, it's uh, terrifying. I can tell you that. Uh, at least until. Now it feels, if we talk uh, Simrom specifically, uh, which I'm writing, uh, it was terrifying. It felt extremely daunting until the moment when I started writing the first draft or outline, I should say, synopsis uh, of this uh, final campaign book. Uh, then when I, I saw that things came together pretty nicely, <laughs> Now it feels I'm just eager to get on with the writing. Uh, and also because Simbrum is that kind of game where we mm -hmm. expect the, the game master to listen to the players, the player initiatives, and, and also the, the, the character initiatives. So uh, I know that at the end of, of this chronicle, uh, we will have very different types of stories being told around the globe at you know almost parallel universes where where the kingdom of ambria and the davuka region turns out very differently depending on which game gaming table table you're at so that's also it it will be very interesting to get to hear all those different stories uh when when uh, when people start playing so yeah. no, I'm just now I'm I'm super excited. Well, congratulations on such um, mm. a monumental journey and being able to um, have the opportunity to finish that story. Uh, yeah. I know that was not always a guarantee, and to to no. have that um, uh, come to fruition, um, just I mean, congratulations. And it may be uh, you know wrapping of a story in, in in these two game worlds 
but it's certainly not an end and not an end at all from no. what Free League is doing. You've had a, uh, another... And not for those those uh, brands or yeah. settings uh, either, but for at least for, you know, the, the first big uh, story arcs set in those uh, game worlds. Uh, both of those games will live on for many, many years to come. Well, and I'm looking forward to continuing to talk to you about these games for many, many years to come as well. Um, Matthias, thank you so much for spending time with us and for joining us as we we wrap our story. Mitch Wallace, Ainsley Moores, and Sean Horbachuk, thank you so much for being a part of this cast. I know you are going to continue working uh, with us for future games. Uh, I think our next game, we're going to be rotating around our characters a bit, and I'll be making those announcements soon, so follow us on Twitter at Dice Warriors, where you learn all about that. Everyone, we're just going to keep doing everything that we're doing. Uh, and so it's, uh, we're only only just getting started. Um, this has been um, uh, a really oh, invigorating start to this new season. This is, uh, I, I, I feel so thrilled and humbled and pleased and excited and all, all kinds of emotions about how, uh, how this has come together. And uh, I'm really glad that we were all able to get together as a group to, uh, to talk about it and, 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 to, uh, and to share our stories. And so uh, for now, I, I bid you all adieu and thank you for, uh, for joining us. And, uh, and until that time where we are all again around the table, rolling dice and sharing stories and worlds of our creations, be good to each other. Yeah. Bye. Bye bye. 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 Thank you. <laughs>Thanks again go out to Matthias and the entire team at Free League for supporting us with their feedback and excitement during the entire run of our Simbroom production. To help spread that excitement and thank you for supporting this podcast, we've teamed up with Free League to give away a physical copy of the Simbaroom starter set, Treasure Hunts in Davokar. Yeah, we're going to mail you a copy wherever you live if you win. To enter in, visit TerribleWarriors.com or click the link in the show notes and increase your odds at winning by introducing your entire gaming group to the Terrible Warriors and letting them know that this small but mighty actual play podcast is worth their time. This beautiful box set includes maps, pre-generated characters, and a simplified rule book with instructions on how to conduct your own adventures as fortune hunters in the dark forest of Davokar. We will announce the winner at the end of December on our Twitter account at Dice Warriors. To learn more about Simbroom and all of their incredible offerings, visit freeleaguepublishing.com. And if you like how we do things around here and you'd like us to keep going in 2022 and beyond, we exist solely thanks to our continued supporters from Patreon at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. Along with supporting a scrappy underdog independent podcaster, you can also join me at a private monthly game that I host every month for our Patreon supporters over Discord. This month, we're starting a new adventure in Simbaroon, the Tomb of Dying Dreams, where we will finally get a chance to venture into the vast Davokar Forest. All of the details on how to join our game can be found on our Patreon page or by sending me a direct message over Discord or Twitter or wherever you can track me down. Your terrible warriors today have been Mitch Wallace, Sean Horbachuk, Ainsley Moores, myself, Justin Eacock, and Matthias Johnson-Hawken. 
Editing and production is also by me. Music is licensed through Epidemic Sound, and the Terrible Warrior theme song is by Epic Game Music. We'll be back with new episodes and stories to share in 2022, including actual play sessions where we'll be playing Terrible Warrior alumni Darla Burroughs. Dear Great Cthulhu, please stop giving me superpowers. And until that dawn of a new year brightens our table, please keep sharing your stories. Please keep being open to playing new games and to playing with new people. Keep being Terrible Warriors and be good to each other.